One of my core strengths is called activator. And what that means is I'm very good at activating ideas, which you probably and my team at Future Females will vouch for. But I'm also really good at helping other people activate their ideas. I think that that's one of my superpowers. Welcome back to The Tea with Nikki. We're pro tea, not anti-coffee. Speaking on behalf of my guest, who is Lauren Dallas and an avid gin lover, I'm sure she would say that the T actually stands for tonic to go with your gin. Lauren is the founder of The Growth Academy, which is an online business incubator which helps businesses develop strategies and provides the tools that they need to start and grow their business, as well as being the CEO and co-founder of Future Females, a community that encourages and fosters and supports female entrepreneurship. The business school is also in partnership with UK Tech Hub as well as Tech Stars and we provide opportunities for women to chase after their dreams, gain financial independence and work to the beat of their own drum. Lauren is an infectious spirit and so supportive and encouraging you just feel like you want to take on the world after speaking to her. We speak about her journey finding the Growth Academy as well as Future Females what's led her here and have a bit of fun playing 30 seconds. I hope that you learn a couple of things from Lauren as I know I always do when speaking with her. So you've obviously had quite the career journey and it's been riddled with entrepreneurship, starting the Growth Academy, Future Females Business School and the Lauren Dallas, your own personal brand as well. What spurred the idea to start the Growth Academy? Thank you for the question, Nikki. You know, everyone asks me about Future Females and very rarely I get asked about the Growth Academy, but it was actually the step before Future Females in my journey. What spurred me to start it? I've always been on this journey of educating others and teaching and sharing. And I would say I'm like a natural born coach. It's what I live and breathe. And I love experimentation. And I can't necessarily understand why someone would learn something and not take action. For me, they are two sides of the exact same coin. I'm 100% about doing. And so when I realized that there were so many experienced people, whether it was life or career experience, who have so much potential that they're not stepping into, I realized that I needed to do something about that. One of my core strengths is called activator. And what that means is I'm very good at activating ideas, which you probably and my team at Future Females will vouch for but I'm also really good at helping other people activate their ideas. I think that that's one of my superpowers. And so that's why the Growth Academy came along. It is a platform that provides training on how to build your business online, very practical, very straightforward, um, doing training to help people just take that first step and remove all of the guesswork. Our mission in the Growth Academy is to remove the myth of the overnight success. So we tell it exactly like it is, we show you exactly how it needs to be done. And that's really the crux and why I started it. How did you get to your moment to decide to start Future Females with Serena? And if, thanks for that as well, otherwise we would have never met. <laughs> I know, my gosh. <laughs> well, and firstly, thank you so much for having me on here. I love sharing this journey and hopefully adding value to some of your listeners as well. Why did we start Future Females? There were two trigger points. <sighs> <laughs> you know when you are dating someone and you know you shouldn't really be in the relationship but you don't actually you never really break up until there is that trigger point and I feel the same when it is the activation of your purpose so perhaps 
someone listening is an ideas person and they've got so many ideas and they're like, which one do I start with? And they're not gonna reach that point of clarity until there's a trigger moment. And so for me, what that was, was moving countries. I moved to South Africa about three and a half years ago and knew absolutely no one. So for my, my boyfriend, now fiance and his cousin, who are incredible, but not at all a woman in tech entrepreneurship. <laughs> and so I was trying to find my people, like where are these hustlers? Where are the people building tech businesses? And I couldn't, I think I really struggled to fit in actually. And so I felt very blessed when I was offered the opportunity to work for Techstars, the world's leading tech accelerator and a program based in Cape Town. But again, not a single female founder on this program. And so it was a three month long program. And as why this like burning desire was like bubbling up inside me. And it got towards the end and I was like, Serena, we're gonna launch something. And I slept and I woke up and I was like, it is going to be called Future Females. And Serena being so lovely and supportive, she's like, sure, let's do that. And we did it. And we had our event the day after demo day and the rest, I guess, is history it has grown organically from there. So I would say there's a professional trigger. And then for me, there was also very much that personal trigger of feeling left out, out of place and quite lonely. And how do you think that women can be more encouraged to take up careers in the tech space? Do you know, I think that's the biggest challenge is just the mindset. You know that old adage, like, how do you sell a hammer? You don't sell the tool, you sell the hole in the wall. I mean, I don't want a hole in the wall, but what I do want is financial independence, location independence, and schedule independence. And the only style of business, I believe really the, the predominant path, even you can walk in your life, is entrepreneurship and tech-enabled entrepreneurship that gives you those three things. And so I think we need to just sell tech differently. It's never about the tech, it's about the solution. And that has a solution for the end result, but it also has a solution for the founder, for the creator. So the marketer in me is like, let's spin tech and sell the hole in the wall instead of the tool itself. I love that. That's such a nice way to look at it. I've never thought about it in that way. So sell solve the hole in the wall, the solution and the kind of the problem solvers will come. Well, exactly. And I think in line with that, the other thing is historically tech doesn't seem fun. Like it has a branding problem, I also think. And it's kind of aligned with what I just said. I find tech so exciting. It is all about creation, experimentation, application, collaboration, all of the things that really make like life worth living and give you something to like motivate you in your day. And I don't necessarily think that that's the perception from the outside for someone who's like, whether it is in corporate or whether it is in startup, tech doesn't necessarily seem like the fun option. And so I guess that's also the journey I'm on to just go, all of this is so fun because what is it creating? It's giving you the tools and now everything. You can you can create an AI platform from your bed if you want. Like how insanely cool is that? And what does that do for your future? It puts the control in your hands. And if there's anything that COVID I believe has taught us is that we need to take control of our own futures and stop relying on the world, on our boss, on the external context, on you know, whatever it is to provide for us, but create it for ourselves. So speaking about futures, what do you think the future 
is going to be like working in the tech space? I love that you ask this question because running a business called Future Females, <laughs> I spend a lot of time on what does that word future mean? And if that is our brand, what is our responsibility? And what I believe is that firstly, what does future mean for us? It means equipping everyone in our community and people who will be in our community with the tools they need to thrive. It means future proofing yourself, your business, your strategy by learning the skills that you need to set yourself apart and by being able to better predict trends than potential competitors. So what does the future for tech hold? I would answer this in the same way as you know, last week I was asked by someone, where will future females be in five years? And I said, I have absolutely no idea. And I am 100% okay with that. How could I possibly know? Like, how big would my ego have to be if I said, this is what female entrepreneurs across the board are going to need in five years and I'm going to create it for them. The reason we succeed is because we just ask. So in five years, in four and a half years, I'm going to ask and then I'm going to spend six months building it. And then that's what we'll be doing. So what does the future of tech look like? I have no idea. And that is completely okay. I love that because so many people are always so scared of the uncertainty of not knowing everything has to be planned. And over myself, I'm a big planner. So I love to calculate and plan things and have, you know, my five year plan, my six year plan, my weekly plan. I have a to do list daily that I write down. And sometimes we have to be prepared for the uncertainty because some your way that you never realized and you have to be agile I think as well in that manner but do you know I think there's probably personality types that prefer one or the other but that's also not been an easy thing for me to say always I last year I was sitting with my life coach and you go with a problem that you need support solving and I just said I can't set a five-year plan I have been trying to set any sort of goal for five years and I just can't and she's like why why are you putting all of this pressure on yourself? Why don't you just not have one and be okay with that? And so now I can like confidently say, yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting. I didn't know that you have a life coach. I just want to touch on that a little bit. So yeah. you have a life coach and what do you generally speak to her about? It's been hugely like game changing for me in a way I never anticipated. So the first time that I went to see my life coach, was when I was running the Growth Academy and also running Future Females and starting to step out as Lauren Dallas as well on this personal branding journey, which is a whole different conversation. And uh, <laughs> I was sitting with a mentor down at Rockpool in Cape Town, having a gin and tonic, of course. And I was just like, I'm really struggling. I feel like I'm having an identity crisis. I don't know who I am anymore. I was like, one minute I'm like, I'm Growth Academy. One minute I'm Future Females. The next minute I'm like, who is this Lauren Dallas chick? And I was like, I just feel like I'm torn in two to three different directions. And my mentor said to me, you know, the thing is you're just you and these are your vehicles to deliver your purpose to the world. So you are Lauren and all of these are underneath and there may be future things and that's okay because they're all united. And so I, that was very valuable, but something I wanted to dig into. So I ended up going to this life coach and saying the same thing. I just feel like I am out of my body. I'm like executing in a million directions and I'm going in opposite directions in some cases and feeling very lost and very torn. 
And she just helped me with some practices to really, really realign like head, heart, gut in how I lead and how I manage my own energy as well. So, you know, I can share one tip for anyone who might be feeling the same. Uh, my love language is touch. And oh, so I'm not getting much of that because my fiance is in a different country. <laughs> He's in South Africa and you're now in Greece. <laughs> I am, I know, I'm really lacking. Uh, you'll be pleased to hear. Very much lacking the touch right now, Bev. Uh, for me, she said, well, if you're ever feeling like that, just like put your hand on your heart and just hold it and just go, like, this is what I'm doing again. This is that purpose. This is that why. Like, stop feeling so frazzled and hectic and just come back to your center. For me, that was something so simple. I just needed the support and the definition of the practice and now I do it all the time. That's amazing. I think as well, we always try and overcomplicate everything when something can be such a simple solution. And giving yourself permission. Um, you know, one of my pet peeves is an entrepreneur who's left their day job, who's still working nine to five. And I'm like, are you most productive between nine and five? Is that at your peak creative energy for your business? They're like, no. And why? Why are you still doing it? Like, you don't have to keep following the path we've been indoctrinated to believe in. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. I feel like a cowboy sometimes. And that's why it's so exciting to be a, a digital entrepreneur. You can literally design your own life. Well, you have. I mean, in Greece and still operating. And you went Portugal and Amsterdam. As a female founder and employer, what would you recommend to other companies regarding infrastructure to have in place to best develop talent? Because I know you said you love teaching people, mentoring and growing that talent in someone. I think everything comes down to, for me, when it comes to recruiting, and this probably applies to men as well, but my experience is largely with women, it is having a very purposeful organization. I don't think it's just women. I also think it's the younger generations. They want to contribute more to this world that we live in than just earning a paycheck and going home at the end of the day. And so being really clear on the mission and then communicating it at every opportunity, I think is how you really continue to have buy-in in your organization. And also as now a remote organization, which most of us are, that's even more important because when people are left in their own space by themselves, questioning as we all do what am i doing every day what is that impact you want to give some someone something to believe in and to strive for and part of this fabric that's having this beautiful warming impact on the world so i think that's one thing and then the second one which is really interlinked is culture and so we've been on a journey to really actively define our culture at future females we have maybe 10 employees now i say maybe <laughs> We just hired two people today, so let's say 12, <laughs> which is super exciting. But the thing is, if you don't define culture, it defines itself. And so every person you add has the potential to change the organization. And of course, that could be in a beautiful way, but it also may not be. And it may be away from the core values that you've stated up front and that your community bought in for. And so I think, of course, there's formal learning pathways and career progression and all of those structural things. But for me, it's all about culture. It is creating space for people to take risks, to feel comfortable, to collaborate, to confide, to have all of their needs met, not just their professional development need, but all of the kind of emotional needs as well. 
I think, and I've, in my experience, that's how you create a really sticky organization. We've had one employee leave us in three years. And I would say that's not because of the organization. There's two, two of our employees we met at day one at our launch. And actually someone I hired today was also from our launch. So I believe when you get culture values right then and purpose right, then that's how to connect retain and develop your staff. So speaking about Future Females as an organization, what has to be one of your proudest moments of Future Females or the business school? I think that I don't have just one, but the thing that really lights me up is work when the team shines. And so when I see like you or Sash or Flora or, or anyone on the team just level up and I see it so clearly and so objectively, I just, feel incredible. That's the whole point. You know, I think that I support my team. My team supports the ambassadors. The ambassadors support the community. And so the biggest impact that I can see and have is on, you know, the direct team underneath me. It feels very weird to give that answer. One of my non-negotiables, if you'd asked me five years ago, is like, I'm a lone ranger. I'm doing my own thing. I never want to have a team. Ugh. But now I'm like, I love, I love all of you guys. <laughs> Let's do this. So what's the next steps for Future Females and the Business School? Oof. So the next steps, there are so many. What we really want is to keep growing. We'll keep growing geographically. Our aspiration is to be in every city where we're needed. So in every city where there is not equality in entrepreneurship, in terms of gender, that's where we want to be. When there's not another community doing our job, that's where we want to be. So that's not a, an immediate goal, that is a long-term goal. We want to keep growing our offerings as well. But one of the very next steps is we launched our Future Females Foundation. And- I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs> what we realized is as our voice grows and our community grows and as leaders, as a brand with credibility and being looked up to by women everywhere, we have a big responsibility to have a social impact as well and to speak out on issues that are affecting our community. And there are of course so many. And so we have created a foundation which will be a not-for-profit not arm of future females that supports decrease of gender-based violence globally. We know our why. We don't know exactly how yet. We know we will be led by Phil Dodds. We'll be utilizing tech, community, and the scale we already have to really conceptualize how to move the needle in this space. What does feminine leadership mean to you? Gosh, this is a great question. You know, there's a lot of work and research and content out there about feminine versus masculine leadership. What it means for me is just leading really authentically. And Brene Brown is my absolute go-to in every respect in terms of the answer to this question. It is leading from a place of courage. And sometimes that courage is showing how you're really feeling. Sometimes that courage is hiding it up for the sake of the team. I think that people have different levels of different energies. And so feminine for me just means being open, just being authentically yourself. I wouldn't want to ever categorize someone as like a feminine leader or a masculine leader. I just think the best leaders are those who are brave enough to step out as exactly them, as their truth, and take their team along for the ride. I want to move to a segment that I call the ABCs, which I know you know, and you said you've been thinking about. So A, what was your 
aha amazing affluent moment in your career okay there was a moment and it was when bevan and i were re working remotely from a brewery in swakopmund in namibia and we were actually launching future females business school so we were sitting at this brewery with perfect wi-fi on the beach conducting our interviews and just running this launch firstly swakopmund is absolutely stunning and i'm a beach babe so i was like yes this is heaven and we were sitting on the beach that night talking about how the launch had gone and then we got this notification and we realized we just had our first seven figure month and we were like holy crap we are literally sitting in a brewery with a beer in hand we have done we've done a lot of work up until this point but it wasn't a direct result of our effort like we've actually built a business now this is not a job where my effort in is money out we've built something really impactful but now also really scalable and sometimes i hesitate to share that story because i'm not money motivated i'm impact motivated but what i realized is when you make profits you can have massive impact and so that was just so awesome because also what i teach is you can have the lifestyle and the profit and the impact and up until that point i didn't necessarily believe that i had achieved all three and that was march 2019 and so now i feel so confident supporting other women to do exactly the same that's such a beautiful moment so we celebrated with more beers we're like well we are in a brewery so it would be yeah, silly well. not to Maybe you went in a gin brewery. Yeah, I know. I probably had gin. It's a little hazy now. <laughs> Not so sure anymore. <laughs> and B, what was a blunder turned to blessing moment? This was one in my really early career. So, I love entering competitions, and one of the really big prizes that I first won was called the Microsoft Student House. It was a guerrilla marketing competition. Who can promote Windows 7? Yes, it was Windows 7 back then. In the wow. most interesting way <laughs> to the most number of people. So my friend Olivia and I, we did so many things. We did activations in the center of Sydney. We posted banners all over like next to the Opera House. We got on What Would Tyler Durden Do, which is a blog that gets over a million views a day. We did so many things and we ended up winning this competition. And we won free rent in the middle of Sydney for 7 months. decked out with every tech system and laptop and everything you could imagine like a touch screen wow. fridge I still don't know what you actually do with them but it was very cool uh, <laughs> then i applied for a position at microsoft following university and i thought i was a freaking shoe in i was like i'm the student house winner of course you're going to hire me and i didn't get offered a role a bunch of people did and i just got rejected and i was gutted absolutely gutted i couldn't understand why 3 months later I got my first job at eBay. What I love about eBay is it's a purpose-led company. It exists in the role I was in to support mom and dad entrepreneurs back then to grow a second income stream online. And that is my exact purpose. A couple of months into that role, I reflected on the Microsoft rejection and I was like, "Thank you, world. Thank you so much because this is exactly where I need to be." Since then, I've always just really believed in that. If I ever get rejected I just go that's not my path. Sometimes it sucks, then I cry, then I have clarity that that was not my path. Yeah, you always get to have a cry, it's a little bit of an expulsion and then you're like okay, now I'm done. Let's exactly. <laughs> What was a cinematic comedy moment for you? Well, Nikki, I'm going to use the one from the start of this call when I thought you were going. I guess the spoiler or the confession is I just never ever wear pants when I do Zoom calls. I'm not wearing pants. I'm wearing underwear. Sometimes I don't wear that either. 
So at the start of this call, I was trying to connect my light up to the back of the laptop. So I tilt the screen down. I'm like, I just flashed everything to Vicky. <laughs> Please tell me you're not recording. So that would be one. <laughs> that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> so now I want to move to the challenge section. The opposite of a heater. Fan? Aircon? No. Yes. But the full word. Air conditioning? Yes. No. Okay, something you fly at the beach. You fly at the beach? Little kids fly it. Kites? Yes. Uh, oh my god, I don't know what any of these words are. A, a very American word for like baseball. I think it's where the ball is attached to the pole. And oh. Hand? Oh, top up! Oh, it's no. tetherball. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Wall Street, you, who are those people who are on the floor? They sell... Broker. Bankers, investment yes, bankers. Yes, so you got broker. So, but it's like on Wall Street broker. selling. Yes. Okay, so it's very English. You have tea and biscuits and what else comes with the tea that you can have? And Milk. Jams and... Cream. Cream, but you, have, you put it on Fun. something. Yes. Um... <laughs> The investigation series, the, 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 there's cops of... Magnum P.I. No, but close. It's very famous. There was a one guy who always had the glasses, who took it off. Inspector Gadget. <laughs> NCIS. Oh, my goodness. Can you hear that? I still don't even know what that is. <laughs> Country next to Bolivia and Ecuador. On the west coast of South America. Chile? No. Oh. Love that. Okay, next is a, a city Peru? in yes Peru. Okay, a, a city in Australia. In it's the capital of Victoria, the state. It's south of Sydney. It's the second biggest. Melbourne, Brisbane. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, Scary Spice was the ambassador for this. Oh, time's up. Ah, uh, what was it? I want Weight Watchers. Maybe it's Jenny Craig. I think it's Weight Watchers. Uh. Uh, someone who serves you food? Waiter, waitress. Yes. A rapper who's in America who's decided to run for president as well. I know. Yes. West. She was made in Manhattan. Jennifer Lopez? Yes. Oh, we're doing so well. I don't know who this other person is. And uh, I don't know how to describe this word. What was it? It was Genesis. Oh. You oh. could have said the first uh, book of the Bible. But anyway, mm. we'll practice. <laughs> Sim De Jong. Jong. Yeah. No idea who that is. Going to the quick fire round questions. So these are questions that you haven't seen and you just answer from the top of your head. So I know you're an evening person, so I'm not going to ask you morning or evening. Recommend two books that changed your life. Dare to Lead and The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur. Favorite kind of tea? Coffee. <laughs> Good one. Island. <laughs> if you could have three people, dead or alive, with you for dinner, who would they be? Oh wow, Michael Jackson, Hitler, and Princess Diana. Interesting combinations. Would they all be at the same dinner, or yes. would I kind of? <laughs> well, that would be fascinating. Yeah. Well, you could see them individually, I suppose, but that's interesting. It's social. It's COVID. They'll each be in a separate room, and I'll rotate. <laughs> Have them in pods. <laughs> yeah. What is a daily ritual that you can't live without? Or something in your daily routine that you could not live without? Wine. 
I have a glass of wine every single day and I don't feel re- I don't feel remotely ashamed of that. I love it. I Good. love my glass of wine as I'm watching the sun go down. My favorite place to be is somewhere where the sun sets over the ocean, which is why I love Cape Town so much. That with a glass of rosé. Mm. And that's the end of all the questions and the quick fire. Thank you so much Lauren for taking the time to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so much Nikki. How infectious is Lauren's positive energy? After speaking with her, I always feel that I can just go out and take on the world, take on the risks and you know, throw caution to the wind. Obviously, plan a little bit. But I hope that you learned something after hearing Lauren's story. Lauren is a big advocate about talking about fuck-ups and failures and learning from them, but also marching to the beat of your own drum and following your nose. One thing that we can take away from Lauren is that there's always a possibility to start and retry and redo, as well as finding a community and a supportive base to help you along on your path. 